Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There is a content warning for this episode. The show we are about to discuss has graphic scenes of violence, language not suitable for younger audiences, and scenes that depict gruesome acts of violence. This show is recommended for a mature audience. If you have any issues with the above topics mentioned, we recommend that you do not continue with this episode. Welcome one and all, weebs and casuals alike. We are Baka and Company, and we're here to provide you with a deep dive into all your favorite anime shows and movies. We talk about both new and old anime and everything in between. If you have suggestions, please send them our way by tweeting us at Bakako Podcast on Twitter, sending us an email at bakakopodcast at gmail.com, as well as clicking on our link tree through Twitter to see about our Discord server and other podcast services. We also want to thank Akano for the SoundCloud recording he made for our intro. On this episode, we have myself, Drew Tendo, and Element. Good morning. What we're going to talk about today is Dead Man Wonderland, uh, an anime from 2011, or was it 12? 2011. I actually didn't check the year for it. Um... Its English release came to North America in 2013 as part of the Adult Swim reboot. Uh, with that, it was for a mature audience playing later at night, uh, as well as it was licensed by Funimation. And it is also written and illustrated, well, written by Jinsei Katoka and Kazumi Kondo. Uh, you may recognize them from Eureka 7. Uh, I didn't fig- figure that out or look into that until today after I had watched everything. And I was like, oh, that's that's nice. 
Hmm. I'm, something about the character designs uh, struck me as familiar, but um, I don't. I don't think I ever watched Eureka Seven. So um, I watched the like. I didn't watch Eureka Seven. I watched the one that came after it, and it was really weird. And I should have watched Eureka Seven to know <laughs> what was going on. But uh, yeah. So um, the Cliff Notes version is uh, Denman Wonderland is itself is a gladiator style coliseum hellscape prison how we get to dead man wonderland is we have our main character ganta who is one day chilling out at school this guy in a red cape with an evil face shows up and literally obliterates his classroom he's the only one left uh he sees his dismembered uh classmates all around him he has these memory flashbacks and then a weird crystal gets put in his chest, and from there he's unfortunately framed for murder. Uh, what goes on afterwards is a trial. He uh, is begging and pleading, obviously, not to go to jail because he knows he didn't do it. He keeps claiming it's the man in red, and uh, a doctored video shows up where he's laughing, mocking the, the people he killed. And public opinion plummets. The jury just sentences him straight to Dead Man Wonderland, which we then find out is uh, a sinkhole developed under Tokyo some years back. And instead of rebuilding and making everything better, they made everything worse and made a super duper evil uh, prison. So that's kind of where uh, the second episode like ends, and then we start getting heavier into like plot and characters and development. These weird, weird powers that Gonta has. Yeah, so the show starts off, I thought, you know, pretty strongly. Um, like, I mean, obviously there's like shock value in that first episode with, you know, incredible violence. I, I had no idea like what the show was going to be about really. Or like, you know, the the content warnings or anything like that. So I was like, oh, this is very violent. Okay. Um, my The version that I watched was quite censored though, which was kind of annoying. Uh, not just like the violent stuff was censored, like with weird white and black bars and like, you know, darkening of the screen, but also when people would swear, there would be a really annoying beep sound. And oh. I don't think I've ever seen that in an anime before. I guess I've, yeah. I can't think of an anime I've watched that's had like super hardcore swearing. Like I've, I've, uh, like people said the F word in the show, which I don't think I've ever seen pe- people say in an anime, but, um, oh, yeah. yeah, there was like a weird censoring beep sound. Um, so oh, that's interesting. That. Yours didn't so, No, so the dub I I had um, through my app let me pretty much hear everything. And, and one of the content warnings I wanted to put out there as well is just the, the absurd amount of language. Like, dropping the F-bomb's fine. I can understand once in a while. Because like a PG-13 movie, you're allowed to say it once. Yeah. Um, but they drops the hard C word a couple times. <laughs> and... The way um, Crow talks to the warden, it's it's so gratuitous and so well, not gratuitous. It's so exaggerated. Like he, like they could have, I I guess, cleaned up and and made a better script for it. But I guess they wanted to go with what the the source material was. And I just found it like at certain points like over the top. Yeah, I understand I... they're prisoners and they're on death row, but yeah. I listened, so I, I I watched with the the sub um, version. Um, oh, okay. And 
I th I feel like the translation was kind of off sometimes. Like it was leaning a bit harsher than maybe what they were saying. Um, just because I understand some Japanese, so when they were saying stuff like, uh, um, I'm trying to think of an example. Oh, there's one where the character says "baka," and you know that just means like dummy or stupid or something like that. It's not an yeah, overly yeah. harsh word, but they translated as, um, you know, idiot. Which obviously is not that it's not bad, but I feel like sometimes they were leaning hard into vulgarity, and to the point where like the sentences didn't make sense. I think like the characters would say something in Japanese, and then the sentence would be like translated where the swear word was in a place where it wouldn't make sense in English. So I'm unsure what I wish I could understand the context of the sentence better. Um, and understand what the choice there was for the translation. I mean, it's interesting to know that in the dub version, they swore just as hard, I guess, as they translated it in Japanese, but it came off as a bit weird, the writing of it. Um, but I feel like that's probably just something that was lost in translation. No, it's, um, it gets, it gets pretty ramped up. Like, um, the first set of inmates he meets, like when he finds out that his collar has a timer and he's, pretty much got to eat this disgusting candy to to stay alive. Hmm. They they kind of pull him aside and they're like, who the F do you think you effing are, you little F? And it's like, okay, like they are prisoners. They're on death row. 90% of these people just don't care anymore. And I get that. Like, that's fine. But I don't watch anime to for realism. Like I'm watching anime to escape, <laughs> right? So I found that as well as that the script may may have gone hard because they that's that's what it's based on. And it, it took me out of it. Um I do want to say one thing about the dub. Everyone's voice actor is a hundred percent great. Like we even have um All Might from the dub, uh, Steve Bloom, I believe. Oh really? Uh, he's in it. Yeah, and uh but the person who plays Ganta I'm going to just IMDB it real quick. Uh, but he's like, it sounds like a Digimon character. Dead Man Wonderland. Played by Greg Ayers. Who... Yeah, yeah. Greg Ayers. Yeah, I know Greg. Um, he, he always has that like whiny little boy voice. Yeah, I'm just scrolling down his credit list to see if I recognize him from stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, on the Japanese side, I mean, voice acting was um, totally fine as well. Um, I think probably Shiro was a standout as like um, sort of a likable character, even though it was kind of frustrating at certain points the way they wrote her. Um, and I get that was like part of a character, but it's still frustrating. Like it was weird because sort of for a lot of the show, she's obviously behaving like she has some sort of like, you know, she's lacking development, you know, like she's like, I guess, and at least Ganta's age, right? Like a teenager or something. Yep. Um, but she behaves like a, like a primary schooler or something. And no one really acknowledges it. I think and briefly they, they call her stupid or something like that, but they don't really acknowledge that. Like she seems to have some fundamental lack of reasoning, um, going about her, her day, I guess. And then like some big event happens where she sort of betrays, the main character in a way. Um, and it all just comes off as really frustrating because it's so obvious that she has no idea what's going on. 
and the the other characters refuse to acknowledge that and just treat her like she's purposely I'm not betraying them. And then weirdly, in the following episodes, I guess they sort of do address it and realize that she's not all there. So of course she doesn't understand what she's doing. So it's just like weirdly written around all that sort of stuff. And it was like not really enjoyable for me to watch that happen. Um it was just super like uh I don't know, weird, I guess. I think that's probably a lot of the show for me. I, the initial premise of it, um, you know, him being framed for murder and being thrown into this, like, crazy prison, I thought that was sort of interesting and there was, like, a mystery there that I wanted to know answers for. Like, you know, who was this girl? Um, Why did he get framed? What was the the red man that showed up? And, I mean, they sort of did answer it throughout the the season, a lot of that stuff, but... um, I didn't like how it went from the overworld prison where it was like, you know, pretty harsh and everyone was really scary. And then he goes to the, the second location essentially, and it becomes a completely different show. Um, I felt like that happened. I don't know if it, I don't know if you felt this way, but for me it happened like too fast and I didn't really get introduced to the characters like super well. And then by the time they started like getting picked off, it was like, I barely know these guys. Why do I care? So I agree. I I went in with what I read about Dead Man and what people had recommended, and I thought it was ninety percent going to be a, a prison show, and like him figuring out a prison hierarchy and like being in a gang or doing mm. like deeds and, and whatnot, and and like you said, that surface level prison that we get introduced, and you look at it in the first few episodes, and people are working to get these credits so they can buy their candy. Uh, people are doing odd jobs around to like upkeep the the prison and then you find out every day there's like this dog race where prisoners race to try and get uh, a certain amount of credits so again they can easily pay for the candy and live another three days and i was like all right this is gonna be interesting he's gonna have to find the ins and outs to the race he's gonna have to practice get better get faster and just like you said, there was like this instant switch where they went into the, the the deeper level. And it was pretty much like everything at that level of where he was like fighting for his life didn't matter anymore. And we get introduced to that Battle Royale Carnival Corpse death match where we find out um, people like Danta have a power called the dead man virus and it's reactive to their blood they can make swords they can whip people with it whatever um and then like you're saying i felt very disjointed i felt like it was trying to tell us two stories yeah and it it felt like it couldn't make up sorry go ahead um sorry i didn't mean to cut you off um it it felt like the first sort of third of the show was setting up this this overworld prison and the rules and who who lives there and how you survive and i mean you were talking about the dog race it's not just it wasn't just the dog race that was like one of the more popular events i think they were saying but there's like a different yes. variety of events so i sort of naturally assumed that the show would be like you said him falling with a gang of some sort like for protection or something like that or figuring out a way to survive in the prison without like becoming a crazed murderer like he was surrounded and what he was accused to be you know that would be like the the core conflicts of the show and like his sort of character development that was what i was expecting like by the end he would turn out to be the actual murderer that they um they accused him of being just so he could survive in the prison i thought that'd be cool but they sort of just ditched 
all of that development and all those characters and just went to this underground place and it becomes a completely different show where like you're saying they have this like you know one-on-one death match which never results in death somehow um yeah even though they make like, a very specific point of saying it's to the death um well yeah like he wakes up after getting into g block and like he gets forced to watch this trailer of carnival corpse like three times and he's freaking out he's throwing up he's he's just losing his mind and uh he asks a question to the director down there and he's like well what do you do with the losers and he like motions over to a wall of jars of oh yeah, uh, yeah. body parts and he's like don't worry we harvest our resources or whatever he says and like you were saying with the censoring like the screen the screen went from perfectly lit to instantly like a uh like smoke filter was over everything yeah and you could see everything in the jars was very photo manipulated to be like okay make an eye shape make a stomach shape make a spine shape and it was covering every item so you're like okay i guess what's there and then this is where it started getting really annoying for me because anytime there was uh, a fight whether it be in carnival corpse or guards being ripped apart the screen would instantly like cut away and then come back and it would be like a third of the bottom right corner of my screen was blacked out because that's where the head of the character was, or that's where their limb was, or someone has a severed appendage. And for a show that went so hard into its language and dialogue, saying what they're saying, the moment I felt any blood that was not spilled because of the ability, like they just had to censor it. And it was, it it took, it took me really out of it. And I, I admit there are some really, odd choices with the um when you lose carnival corpse you lose like a finger an eye your nose a third of your brain whatever they want to take um and they go to the effort to show you a character losing this body part and it's visceral and you can like i myself watching i was like oh my god this is insane and then the moment the climax of that part the the white light shows up and you're like okay like why did you make me sit through all this just to do this (laughs) yeah and and one of the big things i understand in japan even in the earlier 2010s because that's when the show came out was blu-ray uh sales and if a show got enough blu-ray sales it would get a second season unfortunately dead man didn't um but those uncensored versions exist i just don't know why the subscription app that I pay for doesn't give me an option to turn that on or off. Well, actually, it's funny because uh, I was noticing like the sheer amount of censoring that was going on. So I just looked up like, is there a version that because I was watching, I thought what was the Blu-ray version, but um, I looked up like, is there an uncensored version of this show? And I guess they just never released it like it was made. It just oh, never got released okay. to the public. I think there are like different levels of censoring that you can get depending on where you're watching it. But it's always got, like, some level of censoring, apparently, which is interesting. I didn't think that was a thing. I really thought, like, yeah, Blu-ray is always the uncensored no no matter what. But I guess maybe even they have a limit, maybe? Um, I I think they do, because I have read, like, there was an... It's not Anime News Network, but it was, like, Japaninator or someone uh, had a really good feed years ago. And it would say, so-and-so is being released. Here's how you can get the Blu-ray. 
This is the version Japan gets. This is the version North America gets. Here's the UK version. And then it and it would have an asterisk between like the like NTSC or whatever the Asia Pacific Oceanic Australia version was. Mm-hmm. And it would have like a big bold uh censored for this, that, the other thing. So even though you were getting the Blu-ray, you were still getting the like censored air version, because I know there's like uh Australia I believe has very strict censoring laws for video games as well as like importing uh videos so certain things can't be displayed yeah i don't know what it what it's um what the rules are for videos necessarily and the video game thing is just like it just has to arbitrarily go to could go through some council that's like total bullshit and i hate it but you know it is no it is. i remember yeah i remember fallout coming out and like you couldn't couldn't show like the limbs flying off the ghouls and and that's a that's another story for another time but um with dead man like we like we've been saying the second story plot of this underground ring of fighters and how they all have their unique powers we only really get introduced to about like five yeah we go we go from like a guy who can pull blades out of his arms a girl who like whips people with her blood. We have Ganta who like fastball special whips his blood faster than the speed of sound to like a person who can punch really hard and uses blood as a shield. And it was like, okay, like you you've you've amped up like this is a battle royale and this is super crazy. Like how are all these people in this block and they're all just like run of the mill. So it was it was very I felt like, again, it was multiple stories trying to take place and that Mm -hmm. none of the stories were strong enough to carry themselves. Yep. So it felt like maybe during the the release, like as it's being serialized and as he's pumping it out, they were just trying to find what was going to hit and what was going to get them the the next uh, volume. And the, the whole anime just feels very disjointed. Yeah, I would wonder what the pacing was like compared to the you know, the manga or the web novel, whatever it was adapted from. Um, it just felt like we just didn't have enough time spent with these characters to really have an emotional impact when any of them died or when there was, like, some emotional... I mean, like, you know, the end of the show with um, the the guy in Zanagi dying um, yep. after yep. the fight with the monk and um, uh, Karako, I think was the name, um, you know, losing yep. his shit over him dying. Well, that stuff was supposed to be very emotional, I imagine, but, like, I, even though we had a couple of episodes with them, we really didn't, like, spend enough time having these characters endeared to us or learning who they are or anything like that. Like, we get, you know, backstory interspersed in random spots throughout the, the episodes, but it's like, you meet them in a bar and immediately Gant is part of the resistance, in air quotes, and then they're immediately breaking out the next episode and it's like a whole action thing and people are dying, but you have no idea who any of these people are, so it doesn't really matter. And then finally, you know, it all leads up to the big battle with the monk guy and all these people and are dying. It wasn't, even a, it wasn't even a big battle. Yeah, like, that's, that's the other thing, yeah. They're, like, I, I thought about this, like, they do show action, and I feel like there are moments of pretty damn cool animation in the show. Like, the first time he activates his uh, blood power when the thing's falling down on him. That's, like, yeah. a really great sequence that they do. Um, it's, like, super hype and really well well animated. 
and they do one very similar to it towards the end and i can't remember what what happens in that one but it's i think it's the yeah you like he snaps right he snaps when he's the last one standing and the guitar guy's just like you got nothing left in the tank there's nothing you can do and he just like that's when he stands up with Shiro, right? And they they both yeah. like synchronize. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So that's the second example of that like super well done animation. Um, but everything else in the show, uh, uh, very very um, <laughs> like slideshow sort of action. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like yeah. character standing there, shing 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 shing, and then everyone's cut in half, and they're like slow mo moving through the air, sort of thing. Like that sort of animation for the rest of the show, and even like Ganta's ability was just like super lame i felt like except for like when he figured out how to like do the supersonic bullet or whatever it was that was pretty cool but in general his ability was like kind of lame compared to like the other people like i love the um the brawler uh karako's ability i thought that was super dope yeah she gets like a full body shield and stuff so well like we were saying with character development you get introduced to her and you're like we get her backstory like it takes an episode or two to get her backstory realize what she's about what she's fighting for and you're like all right she's gonna be a force to reckon with and the show literally just like clobbers her yeah and she doesn't I, get to I, do anything i i think one of two things is like the show more than likely could have benefited from a, a second season that way we could get episodes of character backstory because even shiro's backstory and i'm not going to spoil it in case people actually want to watch this it gets crammed down your throat in the span of 15 minutes in one episode yeah and, and it's then, still like a lot of questions um yes 100 percent of questions her her relationship with a big bad her relationship with the main character her relationship with a scientist and you get all these little tidbits and she's got this interesting ability and we kind of find out she's one of those characters that has like the amnesia button Mm -hmm. so like she's either fully aware of who she is she's using her power she's doing good or she's a i don't know alphonse elric kind of character where she's just kind of going with the flow and, and beating shit up and i found that that episode where we do find out a lot about her kind of built me up to be like all right let's go let's find out more about ganta and his backstory because Ganta then starts cluing in. Ganta starts remembering other things. And they just never go back to it. So even if they had a 13-episode run or they were guaranteed, like, hey, you're going to have a 12-episode run and then you're going to put three OVAs out over the next 18 months, Mm. I I feel like they could have done that. They could have had, like, a, a Shiro OVA, a Ganta OVA, and then, like, the prison. But the OVA we get is, like, Crow... And it happens two years after the the earthquake. And it's not really about Dead Man Wonderland. It's more about like the characters with the virus. So a lot of a lot of problems exist in the plot. And if you're willing to forgive them and you're just like, I want to watch a show with gratuitous violence and people dropping the F-bomb every three seconds, this is your show. <laughs> yeah, it definitely has the, the gratuitous violence part down. Um, although it is like super heavily censored. I just, I don't know, I think it over time it just built up more and more sort of just massive, massive plot holes and just like inconsistency and pacing and stuff like that. 
Yeah. That it just completely took me out. And then towards the end, I was just like, all right, let's just get to the next scene. And I'm just hoping that like, I'll get some interesting answer about, you know, sort of Shiro's backstory, I guess. Um, I, I do want to kind of touch on this, but it's like, you know, a big spoiler what you were saying about Shiro, but yeah. Um, so go for it. If you don't want spoilers, I guess skip ahead a little bit, but, um, so she's the red man, right? I believe she is a red man. Because the only thing that I'm not sure about is uh, in the middle of the show, the red man breaks out and attacks the prison. Um, he he is supposed to... It looks like he's in some sort of like containment unit, right? And then yeah. the lullaby stops and he breaks out and wreaks havoc. Don't Aren't we with Shiro at some point during that period of time? Or we do, do we not see her at all? I I think when he breaks out... It's Ganta and his buddy are, like, getting ice cream. Yeah, they're together, so she's not around, right? No, and then, like, after he's subdued or whatever happens, I thought Shiro came in to save the day at that point. Or were they knocked out, they woke up, and she showed up? No, that's right, that's exactly what happens. They get knocked out, they wake up in the infirmary. And then she comes out of the air vent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm but, trying to think. But my my thing is, when we see Red Man in the first episode, I thought he was more, like, a little bit more muscularly toned in both, like, the ab and chest department. Right, I, I would probably go back and look at the, the footage again, but he definitely came across as, like, a, a male in the first shot. Yeah. But and he does have... Through this, yeah. They make a big point of showing the, the smile thing that he does, like, the sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, they make like a really big point of showing that she's doing the same thing, but you're right. The character, like the, the initial red man does look like a dude. Um, and also it's like I said, he seems like he's in a containment unit, which how would she be in that containment unit and then freely moving about the prison? But then obviously in the latter half of the show, well, one, the twist is that red man looks like ace man, which is like Ganta's hero. And so that makes the sense, that makes sense of why the character looks like that. And then she obviously has the red man costume there in the, in the, the grandfather's sort of room or office or whatever that she puts on with the red cape. Um, yeah, that's right. Um, I feel like maybe there's two, there's like the red man and then Shiro is like a clone of him that the grandfather made maybe. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Because that would, that would explain, I'm getting the impression that whatever the red hole was that happened that wiped out Tokyo 10 years ago. That was caused by the original Red Man, like the, the I guess the progenitor, what they call the Wretched Egg, which it's all like random anime name bullshit. Um, yeah. I'm assuming that was that creature. And then, you know, from studying the grandpa sort of made a clone of it. And that was Shiro. And that's how she grew up with Ganta later on while they were oh, like okay. doing experiments on her and stuff like that. So that, and then that sort of explains why every time Ganta's red crystal activates, Either Shiro or the Red Man is nearby. Like, first time when the thing's falling on them, Shiro's right next to him. Second time, oh. Red Man attacks the prison and Red Crystal activates again. And that's how he, like, sends him. He does some crazy move. And then the third time is obviously when they synchronize against the monk. And he does his big move. Big bang attack. Um, that yeah, here, I found, I found a, a picture... And I can't open it because it won't let me. But 
the picture I'm looking at, you do see like a, a bigger midsection, bigger legs. And it does look like those containment units that Shiro uh, like later puts on midway through the show. So it would make sense that the, the Red Man is confirmed to be Shiro. Um, it was just, that's another plot point where they lead you down a certain road with certain expectations. And then they twist it and hide it. And then, like we were saying, midway through the show, you get that big reveal of Shiro. But nothing comes of it. Like... Right, yeah, I don't, that's I don't know. The thing. nothing ever comes of anything, right? Yeah, I don't know how many times we have to say it. Like, uh, that gets revealed. The warden um, does her whole investigation. She starts finding stuff out. Nothing comes of that. Yep. Um, the, the director, he starts doing stuff behind the scenes with the Japanese government. And pretty much episode 12 happens... And it's the the end of this season, this show. And nothing, like, it it leads you on to believe that there is a next season coming, which probably was what they wanted. But it's just so weird to have a show like Brick Wall like that at the end and have no resolution, no real consequence for anything that happens. Yeah, that, that was the most clear, like, we are getting a season two, guys, like, i've ever seen an anime get ending. on that hype train yeah i mean you know the guy the monk is defeated the guy dies and then you see them getting away in the boat so that's like the resolution for the prison escapees but like they completely cut out any sort of like you know saying goodbye to those characters or anything or helping them get away i feel like that was all missing and then it just cuts to ganta and shiro singing at the top of the tower and sort of a hint that he is still unaware that um she is related to the red man at all because she's obviously singing that lullaby and the red man was singing the lullaby when he shows up in the first episode. Um, yeah, I, that, that also touches another thing. Like, I think, uh, I mean, I sort of had to remind myself that Gunter's supposed to be like, you know, a teenage kid or whatever, but he's just like so fucking oblivious the entire show. It's insane. He's so unlikable. Yeah. Really, it's the um, first. Well, not the first, but it's one of uh, the main characters I had a real hard time getting behind. And no offense to like Greg Ayers, but the voice they made him use for it in the dub is atrocious. He said it was he like super whiny or something. Yeah, he he literally sounds like a season one Digimon protagonist not getting his way, and it <laughs> is just it's so whiny and so depressing. But um. Before we get into our next topic, Element, what were your final thoughts? Like, if you were to give Dead Man a ranking, is it something that you enjoyed? Um, grand, grand overall thoughts? No, I don't think I did. Um, I think it started off pretty strong, and I thought they were going to go in a certain direction. Maybe it's my fault for sort of putting those expectations on the show, like, <laughs> based on what they were setting up, but I... I also don't think the direction they went was overly congruent or interesting in general. Um, no, I don't think I I did overall enjoy it. Um, there was some moments of, you know, cool animation, some neat ideas or concepts, you know, here that could have been built out into a different show, I think, um, that would have been cool. Um, but obviously they went in a different direction with it and made it sort of like a pretty average uh you know shonen action thing but with a lot of gore um 
and even the gore is like so heavily censored that like if you really want to see that sort of stuff it's like you could probably find a better show that's not censored or something um yeah i i don't think i'd recommend this show to someone to watch it um i can't even think of like what it does super well that you couldn't find in some other show that's probably better i have to agree um like completely and fully i enjoyed parts i enjoyed moments mm. but like if i was to sit here and do a one out of ten it's a five it's an anime that has violence it's if it's something that you want to see and people have been recommending it to you by all means um but back to what you were saying i think we have two separate plots in this show and this show could have been two completely separate shows we could have had just the prison system just the like it's a for-profit prison these people are fighting for their lives let's Mm -hmm. see what that is or we could have had the weird superpower show and that could have been something different there could have been a secret lab Mm -hmm. underneath tokyo no relation to this prison and that could have been its own show kind of like elfin lied kind of thing but I don't think they needed to intertwine the the way they did. And I think that's, for me, the as much as they tried to connect everything and make you as the viewer go, oh, okay, uh, this makes sense. Um, that That's what took me out of it the most. Yeah, I, I agree. Five out of ten is like a pretty decent spot to put it. It's just an <laughs> average anime. It's not like offensively bad or anything. And I'm sure some people have watched it and thought it was cool. Um, but yeah, I don't think it was good at all. Um, this next show though oh this next show is high rise invasion yeah (laughs) so high rise invasion is a netflix original anime that i discovered i suggested it weeks ago to everyone to watch i was getting really hyped because i saw the first three episodes and was like you know what battle royale on the top of skyscrapers it's kind of like PUBG. they gotta find whatever weapons they can they gotta survive any way they can you know what, there's some weird enemies, and then it just kind of turned into an isekai about gods. Yep. I, uh, I mean, contrary to you, I, after the first episode, I was like, oh, this is shit. Um, <laughs> because, you know, obviously on paper, what you said sounds kind of cool. I mean, I haven't really watched, yeah. I haven't really watched many Battle Royale enemies. I think I've only watched one, maybe. Um, and, you know, on top of skyscrapers like i guess the concept of how the battlefield itself is laid out is interesting but um first episode starts off and you know this high school girl super fan servicey and not like like i think dead man wonderland had fan service as well um but it was not as necessarily blatant as in your face i think the character designs for the females were just like you know super sexy sort of designs that you'd sort of, I guess, get used to or expect in an anime. But this was, like, just the most blatant, like, in-your-face, oh, yeah. like, no reason for it, um, like, etchy fan service. And it was, like, so off-putting, because I, I really don't like that sort of stuff, um, especially when it's, like, this blatant. Um, I can sort of, like, get over it if it's just, like, character designs. But, like, it was, like, the most tropey shit where, like, character would trip over and her butt would be sticking up and her panties would be, like, full camera view. Or, like, yep. one character gets a shirt slashed open and she just has her shirt open the entire show and her bra's there. Like, that sort of stuff, like, constantly, the whole show, it's nuts. I, I feel like I haven't, I guess maybe because I avoid shows like that, but I just haven't watched a show that was, like, this blatant and nonsensical about the fan service. Um, and then, so that was, like, already, like, off-putting for me. And then on top of that, like, 
obviously the situation the, the show sort of starts off introducing you to this world that she's waking up in and you see this woman getting chased by a by like some sort of like you know serial killer type dude with a smiley mask on his face and she's just like so afraid for her life she she just jumps off the building and kills herself and that's like very confronting obviously and the main character sort of reacts as like what the hell's going on and then there's like the most bizarre like tone switches where it would be stuff like that like super deep heavy stuff like people getting killed or killing themselves you know in pretty violent ways and then she would react in some like really weird slice of life comedy way to something else and it would go between tones like that like like on a dime and was super off-putting as well so that like that sort of stuff happened like throughout the show and it was just like super off-putting the whole way through um and then just as you said like it starts off you think it's like a battle royale and then it turns out it's like some sort of weird plot or scheme to i guess if you win the battle royale you become god of that realm or something like it was like all nonsensical it was yeah it was it was bad <laughs> that's that's a bad show so yes i am in the same boat with the the etchy and the the gratuitous fans i swear as dead man wonderland showed you blood and gore every 30 seconds and reminded you how dark this world is uh high rise invasion does it to the point of there we go now it's recording again okay right i'm gonna go silent for 10 seconds you can clip this all out so high rise invasion goes to the point of gratuitous etchiness and fan service and i totally agree that started taking me right out of it because like in the first episode the blouse or take off your clothes like this guy is going to do an ex- explicit act on a on a teenager and it's disgusting and i don't know why japan loves that um but it it does really quickly take you out of it and the action was where i got into it like there's a, a guy called sniper mask yeah. and like if he's sniping you from eight buildings away how do you defend against that or this person comes running up to them like with close combat and these are obviously schoolgirls. how are they going to defend so i thought it was going to be more the line along the lines of survival like high school of the dead and it very quickly turned into like this more than likely was an e or an h manga that had story elements that they decided to try and make more of yeah i uh um i found like I think that first episode just threw me so far off that I was never going to come back on. Um, <laughs> so I just found myself like just picking apart to the point, you know, I never watched anime and dub. I watched this anime and dub just so I didn't have to watch it alone. Like normally when I watch anime, I'm just watching it and I don't, I'm not doing anything else because it's in Japanese and I'm reading the subtitles. Yeah. This one was like, I cannot give you my full attention because you are driving me nuts. So I'm just going to turn on the dub and throw it on my other screen while i do something else on the main screen that is exactly how i ended this show like ended high-rise invasions last four episodes and uh how i ended the last episode of dead man wonderland <laughs> like it it gets to a point where like i know we're we're older fans and we've been in the the cycle of anime for years but there has to be a hook there has to be something to keep anyone interested whether it be someone new to the genre, someone experienced in the genre, or someone who's been like, I've been watching since I could copy it on a VHS off of Cartoon Network at 3.30 in the morning. But 
with all the stuff on Netflix, it, I, I don't know how someone at Netflix said, you know what we need? Scantily clad schoolgirls and guns. Yeah, really, I, I feel like they just um, have contracts with studios to produce anime for them. Um, they're just trying to build out their catalog. They're not really looking at the content, I guess, or the, the quality of it. Because, um, yeah, I was not impressed by any of the quality in the show. Like, you were saying about the action, I really didn't care for it. Um, I don't think there was anything crazy good in the action. And I was actually watching for that sort of stuff to see, like, you know, maybe, even with all this bullshit around, maybe there's, like, something redeemable about you know, the action of the show or something, because it is meant to be an action show. Um, yeah. But I, I didn't really get anything out of that. Um, There's just weird character writing, like the, what I can't even remember the, the friend's name, the blonde one, the girl. Yeah. She's like yep. constantly getting like super shy and embarrassed about the main character treating her nicely and stuff. It's just like, yeah, real, just feels super out of place given the situation. Um, And it never, never feels in place. Um. And just all these, like, random characters that, like, are just weird. Um, yeah, it's just weird, bad show I do not recommend. <laughs> so, um, that's our short review on Dead Men Wonderland it combined with High Rise Invasion. Mm -hmm. Take it all with a, a grain of salt, people. If, if etchy action guns is your thing or gratuitous violence with a really bad script is your thing, Go for it. We're not here to tell you what to watch and not what what to watch. It's just we have, again, recommendations. Um, with the majority of our cast missing today, I'm going to say they gave up their rights to vote for the new show. <laughs> um, and the way our selector has been working, I believe it is your chance anyway, Element, that you get to pick our next show. Okay, so... I know we tend to go for older shows. Yeah. Um... But there was a sort of a, I feel like this is like a great show for us to watch because it was a one-off. As far as I understand, in um, this show was an original anime. Um, this was it came out last year. It's an original anime and it has one season and it finished in that season. Like the story was told. I don't think there's meant to be more. I'm pretty sure that's the case. Um, it was called Akudama Drive. Um, okay. Have you heard of it? I have heard the name. I have heard nothing else. Yeah, so, um, I mean, the general premise is uh, it's sort of like um, near future, I guess. Um, Zen Japan, obviously, uh, where I guess some, some natural, similar to Dead Man Wonderland, I guess, some disasters happened where it wiped out, um, I guess, like Kyoto or Tokyo, I can't remember. Um, but you know, society obviously restructured um, very quickly to accept this new norm and basically uh criminals are like you know they're like these really uh highly ranked criminals that are like you know super villains essentially and they're called um i think they're called akudama or something like that but the main character essentially gets caught up in a giant high scheme um and ends up tagging along with them and everyone thinks that she's like a mastermind criminal but she's really just like a completely normal person that just happened to be in the wrong place wrong time and it sort of just tags along with these, um, you know, these insane characters as they try and pull off like a crazy heist. And there's sort of like a, an overarching sort of conspiracy plot behind it all. Um, okay. And some crazy moments. Action's good. Characters are good. Um, 
I watched nearly all of it, and for some reason I didn't finish it, but if we watch it for the show, I'll definitely finish it then. Oh, um, we will. Like, this is this is your choice. So I see I see here it's a cyberpunk anime, so you got me number one. Like, anything yes. cyberpunk, I'm in. Yep. Um, and then it's a series very similar to Danganronpa. Yes, so the character Incest. designer is that guy, the Danganronpa okay. character designer. Okay, so I believe. I've been yeah. meaning to pick that up, and I've heard like the wildest things about Danganronpa. So I'm in. Cool. I'm making the executive decision. <laughs> We're watching Akudama Drive. Wait, yeah. So um, that gives me an excuse to actually finish that show because I really, really should have finished it. It was cool when I watched it. I don't know why I stopped watching it um, towards the latter half. I don't like. I didn't like it. Um, yeah, that will give me an excuse. Yeah, that should be a good one. Wow, production was like right up there. So like the the manga volume came out December twenty fifth, twenty twenty. Oh, home media release. So volume one. So this is really recent. This is awesome. Yeah, I think it was an anime original, and they did the manga alongside it. It wasn't an adaptation. Yeah. So the manga came out July twenty twenty, and then the show came out October twenty twenty. Oh, I see. So that's pretty close. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I'm all in for that. So I want to take the opportunity again to thank everyone for listening, coming out today. Uh, thanks for joining us. We appreciate any and all feedback. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, that's Bakako Podcast on Twitter, Podcast at gmail.com. Use our Twitter to find our link tree to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And we look forward to chatting with you next time. See you later. Love you. Bye. 